This Moment Outdoors was brought to you by L.L. Bean, official partner of the National Park Foundation for the Find Your Park movement. This week, tips for driving a big rig RV. Why state park campgrounds may begin to look a whole lot different. And we run down our favorites for 2020 family-friendly RVs. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 112 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. Still a, not a lot of crisscrossing in our uh, in our future. There's not a lot of crisscrossing. <laughs> it's not making us jump, jump. It's literally just us hanging out in Minot, North Dakota. We continue to be holed up here at this campground in Minot, uh, enjoying my medication and, and all its ups Enjoy. and downs. We just landed ourselves 20 more days. We've been enjoying it so much. So if uh, you follow us on social media over at Our Wandering Family, you probably know that we bought ourselves 20 more days of antibiotics. The one antibiotic that has been absolutely knocking me out and not uh, in a good way it has been stopped and that's also the one that abby had to drive to the hospital three times a day to pick up i loved this antibiotic <laughs> so thankfully <laughs> i don't have to be on that one anymore but another one i'm on they've extended so we're gonna be here through the end of october at Easily. least yeah, hopefully I'd no longer because we don't want to be here for snow Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, yeah, it's a nice shift because getting you off of that really intense antibiotic you were on has given you a little bit of your life back. You've actually been behind the wheel of the truck. Yeah, I started couple- driving. Yeah, You did. And I, I felt a little bit the first time like a parent taking their child out onto the road for the very first time. Not only was- did you feel that way, you acted like it. I may have yelled at you once. <laughs> that didn't bode well for us when we got home, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little nerve wracking. I was nervous for you as an individual with recent brain surgery. I was just unsure with your eyesight, but you were confident. You were happy. You were filled with joy to be behind the wheel. I trust you. I don't think you would have put us in the car if you at all think you couldn't have done it. No. So since then, you've been behind the wheel a few other times. In fact, driving us to the mall yesterday. We First off, let me just say this. We spend a lot of time at the mall. <laughs> it seems to be because there's a Barnes and Noble and a Target inside this North Dakota mall. So those are kind of like our go-to places. Target's probably my go-to place and Barnes and Noble's a collective go-to place. Yeah. We like to just walk around the bookstore. So we've been spending a lot of time at the mall and last night, Jason just kind of got a little wild hair and he said, Let's go to the mall. Also, they have treats at Barnes and Noble. So I was, yes. And I was desperately that. needing some kind of a dessert. So he drove us over there and it felt very normal. And like the old days, like back in the day, 
before no cardia, you know, just, mm-hmm. it felt like something, you know, we do these things all the time. We get these like last minute wild hairs yeah. and then we just jump in the car and we just go. Well, and I have, I have a lot more energy since being off this old antibiotic and, uh, and we're all of a sudden able to do a few things, which yeah. is nice. And I have a lot more energy now because I'm sleeping through the night. Right. So because <laughs> we got this really intense antibiotic taken off of the schedule, I only have to go to the hospital once and I go at 8 a.m. every day and I get his antibiotic medication for the day. So that has also really freed our family up to kind of go back to a, a normal living schedule for us. We aren't so much married now to the hospital schedule. We can plan things. We can do things. Now, you still wear pretty easily. We get a couple hours and then you do really need to come home and rest. But it's nice to feel a little bit normal again. And so it makes having to stay here longer, a little bit easier to swallow because it's not going to be the really, really intense schedule that we've been on. It really does. Uh, We got a big show uh, ahead of us. So let's dive right in with some things. Uh, First, I wanted to talk about the Reviving America's Scenic Byways Act that recently passed the Senate unanimously. And uh, by 404 to 19 in the House of Representatives. The, the, now that's something you don't see every day. Right? The, <laughs> the Scenic Byways Act was originally uh, enacted in 1991. It was an act that had to be renewed every few years. And back in 2012, Congress did not renew it. So there have been no new scenic byways. There's been no, you know, repair of signs and all that sort of stuff. There's been no care of the ones we have. Right. Uh, So there has been a new law that was just passed that is now permanent. This law uh, will not have to be, uh, you know, brought back up every few years. There will be a plan in place to add new scenic byways to the national scenic byway system, which is great because it helps protect uh, some of our most iconic drives in the country. Drives that we have thoroughly enjoyed. And I think we've talked about a little bit how they definitely are in need of a little TLC. Some of these drives, 150 roads around the country have been recognized as scenic byways. And there are at least 40 that uh, are interested. Um, You know, the states have expressed interest in proposing at least 40 new ones. The roads themselves have an expressed interest. I know. (laughs) They haven't written it and been like, we're really interested in getting some new uh, asphalt laid here if possible. But you know, what's cool is the RV industry was actually a major player in pushing to get this done. It's something that doesn't cost the country very much, uh, but it allows us to take pride in, in some of these great drives that exist all around the country. And it's a, it's a big economic boon for, for some of these drives that are, that go through a lot of small towns. You know, there are a lot of, places that some of these drives go through that that don't normally get a whole lot of tourism dollars and and this really helps them so i want to take a drive on the paul bunyan scenic byway yeah didn't even know that existed see now that's what i want to do next is i want to find a list of all scenic byways yeah and i want to start checking it off our list yeah how much fun would that be you don't hear about you know you hear a lot about people going to all the national parks but I want to meet someone who has done all the scenic byways. If you're out there, I want to talk to you. Come on the show. Tell us about (laughs) it. That'd be awesome. Uh, 
All right. Beyond that, we have uh, we have a bunch of RV Miles news to talk about. We've been really busy this week. We've got some new gear in the RV Miles Teespring store, including some new apparel based on the iconic See America Works Progress Administration poster uh, of Carlsbad Caverns. It's a really cool sort of blue and gray image. And we've got socks and T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. I based think Teespring that. rolled out some new product in the sense of things that you can do now with your images because there's an we have the iPhone case or a phone case now I should just say I shouldn't assume it's just iPhone but I love the fact that this see America image which just fits so perfectly the Carlsbad one is so iconic to me with those beautiful blues in it and I think it looks so super cool on a phone it really does I want one. I want the socks however I well you are a man who loves a good pair of socks that's true Jason cannot wait for it to get below like 70 degrees so he can just start wearing socks all the time i, I suppose i can wear them when it's above 70 degrees no. as well <laughs> you of course you could but i'm talking about all the time like yeah. walking around the house i want to be cold enough that i can put like wool socks on yeah like i thick didn't ones. i did not know it was possible for one human being to own so many socks in an rv but you have proven me wrong <laughs> and you've got more socks than i think all of us combined in this house Speaking of Sea America, the latest episode of the Sea America podcast is out, episode two. Episode two. This uh, this takes uh, us back to the Buffalo Roundup at Custer State Park in South Dakota. What an and, awesome place! Um, yeah, we we have a YouTube video on our our wandering family page about our experience there last year, and that's been one of our most popular videos. So we thought we might do this for the Sea America podcast because the Buffalo Roundup is a really cool experience where they round up all the buffalo or bison as they should actually be called in the park and they give them a health check and they sell off some of the excess of the herd. So Because the park can only support so many bison. Right, the grassland in the park can only be, uh, is only enough food for so many bison. Yeah, and we have found consistently throughout the year, whether it be, us sharing our experience here at the Great Roundup or an article coming our way or an image or whatever, people are incredibly fascinated and really, really love this event. It's just one of those really popular, um, truly American events. And this year's happens to have just taken place on Friday. Happened on Friday. Now, next year, they're going to celebrate their 55th anniversary. And I would absolutely love for us to be there. We have talked a few times about how our time at Custer was just not long enough. It's a great state park. It, it really do, it really rivals any national park out there. Absolutely. And um, there's so much of it. We have barely cracked the surface. And of speaking park. of scenic byways, it has three of the best scenic drives in the country. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get there. The latest episode of the America's National Parks podcast is out as well. And this is sort of a new thing we're doing. We're going to take one episode of that show every month and make it about current events, about news that's happening in the national park system. So uh, really excited to get the ball rolling on that. Uh, yeah, this is something out. you've been talking about for a really yeah. long time. Like you've, It took me a while to get on board with this. I was a little lukewarm to the idea, and I had been lukewarm to the idea for a really long time. But as more and more, as the parks become more and more popular, news about the parks becomes more and more necessary. And people are very, very interested in knowing what's going on with the park service as a whole. So it just seems like this is a really great way 
to continue to sort of put to the forefront what's not only happening in the parks, but what the parks are doing. You know, I was surprised by how many grants are given out by the National Park Service. And there were three just for the month of September. Uh, I Let's tease it a little bit by saying one of the big pieces of news is about a bill that is in Congress now uh, potentially bringing us the 62nd National Park into the system. I'm sorry. Do you have a degree in marketing or something? <laughs> PR. That was such a PR move. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. Be right back. RV Miles is sponsored by PelicanCoolers.com. Hey, have you ever been to an amusement park, a ball game, anything like that, where there's signs outside that say soft-sided coolers only? I've been to a few. And then you wish, oh man, I brought a, I wish I brought a soft-sided co- wish cooler I wasn't and looking. I could have filled with food and beverages and not spent $9 <laughs> on a beer. Well, Pelican Coolers makes a awesome soft-sided cooler that we love. It's what's the great thing about this cooler is the, the walls of it are an inch thick. I mean, it is, it feels like a hard-sided cooler almost, but it is soft-sided. But the insulation is so thick. It's not like those, you know, just insulated bags that it's are not like a, thin. It's uh, not like a bag that, you know, Pam was taking to lunch for the, you know, in the office. <laughs> you can really fill this with stuff and keep it cold all day long. Pelican soft-sided coolers, just like all Pelican coolers, are made in America. And they have these really cool tie-down tabs on them. That are also bottle openers. Bottle openers, game which I changer. Really and they've got the this zipper on the top of of the Pelican cooler. I don't know how they do it, but it is leak proof. So it's it's a super strong giant zipper that if you you know you have something wet in your cooler and it turns upside down, it's not going to leak out all over your car. At our house, we call it the Henry proof zipper <laughs> because Henry is notorious for getting into or for getting into our soft-sided coolers or our coolers in general when we're out with lunch and then opening it up every five seconds to get something, but then never closing it back up. So this is a Henry proof zipper. So if you have a Henry in your family, you're going to want this Pelican cooler, I'm telling you. They come in different sizes as well. So go check them out over at pelicancoolers.com and check out all of Pelican's line of really incredible coolers. And hey, while you're over there, don't forget to check out their hard-sided coolers as well, because if you do decide to add to your collection, you can get a free tumbler with any hard-sided cooler purchase. You can just go over to pelicancoolers.com slash rvmiles to see the entire collection of Pelican coolers. And the show is also brought to you by our friends over at Road Trippers. Road Trippers lets you plan your perfect road trip and fill in your route with personalized stops along the way. Road Trippers Plus lets you add up to 150 waypoints on your journey. It's only $6.99 a month or $29.99 a year. And podcast listeners can get 20% off an annual subscription using code RVMILESPROMO. That's all one word, RVMILESPROMO for 20% off Road Trippers Plus. Just visit roadtrippers.com slash plus offer.
It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. There are two groups of U.S. presidents in the following lists. Each group shares a common trait, but one president from group one has been placed in group two, and one president from group two has been placed in group one. Determine what characteristic each group shares and which presidents are switched. Group one is Thomas Jefferson, Jimmy Carter, Andrew Jackson, Ronald Reagan, and Dwight Eisenhower. Group two is John Adams, Benjamin Harrison, Herbert Hoover, Woodrow Wilson, and William Howard Taft. So the answer is all the presidents in group one served two terms. The presidents in group two served for only one term. Therefore, Woodrow Wilson can be moved to group one and Jimmy Carter be moved to group two. I didn't know there were so many presidents who had only served one term. Yeah, I think there are even more than that. Yeah, because well. George H.W. Bush isn't on this list, which yeah. I think would have been a big giveaway yeah. of this yeah. if he had been on yeah. there because you would have been able. It's too, it's too recent. The winner this week is Marty W. from Pennsylvania, who will receive a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt from the RV Miles Teespring store. And you can either go buy one there yourself or have a chance to win one at the end of the show with the new brain teaser. Okay, we wanted to take some time in this segment to talk about some new RVs, some newer RVs. They're not all new, um, but we want to talk about five RVs that are specifically family-friendly RVs. And, you know, in the last 10 years or so, the industry has really made some great strides into making these vehicles more for families because they used to really focus on one customer, the retired couple. Well, and I think that's because that was the main buying customer. I mean, you go yeah. where your business is and that is where the business was. And I would go even further and say that just since we started doing this podcast, just in the last couple of years, the industry has expanded beyond just like the retired couple and the family. There is a whole variety of people that are out on the road for so many different reasons. You, you have pet friendly RVs, you have couples, you have working individuals, solo travelers, you have, even we're seeing RVs now that are more accessible for those who need handicap accessibility to get into their RVs. The industry is changing so much and it's becoming so much more open to everyone. And in the two years we've done this, I don't think we've ever actually done an entire segment devoted just to family-friendly RVs. No, and one of our favorite things to do at RV shows, of course, is walk around and look in all the RVs and and figure out, would they make sense for us, for our family? So well, isn't that everyone's favorite right. part? I mean, maybe it's not everyone's favorite part of an RV show. Maybe some people, their favorite part is the seminars and that's cool too. But who doesn't love to like walk through all different types of models and kind of reimagine your life out on the road in something smaller or bigger or, you know, just decked out in marble everywhere and costs upwards of, you know, half a million dollars. So these days there are a lot of big, massive fifth wheels and even, you know, very long travel trailers like ours that are great for families. So we wanted to focus on five RVs that uh, are a little different from that, that are smaller or in categories that aren't usually very family friendly. So we've picked out some that, uh, that are, that are, great but the only requirement was that they could actually sleep five people without having to you know put down a, a dinette or something like that they had to have like five 
actual sleeping positions. So what you're saying is one kid didn't have to sleep on the crumbs from dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going to start off with the Lance 2185 travel trailer. Now Lance is a cool company. You may have know of Lance as a company that makes a lot of truck campers, the kind that slide into the back of a pickup truck. And not a lot of people know that they make travel trailers as well. They actually make excellent travel trailers. Lance is an, first of all, they're an eco-friendly builder. Uh, they try to take any chemicals out of their RVs as possible. They are a four seasons builder. All of their trailers are well insulated. They heat all the tanks and everything like that. And they're just really quality units. The 2185 really caught my eye because it is only 26 feet long. Actually, it's less than 26 feet long. But it can still sleep five people. And the way it does that is that in the very back of it, along the back wall of, of the RV is not a double bunk, but a triple bunk. This is a really cool layout too, because I think for anyone now, I'm not sure that this Lance would work for us with the age of our boys. It's not really, it's not for really full timers, right? No, it's It'd be not. great for seasonal campers. Absolutely. This is, this is the weekend warrior family for sure. And especially if you're a family with younger children, because that bottom bunk is floor level. So if you have a little one, a new one that's just starting to sleep in their own bed, this is a perfect travel trailer for that because you do not have to worry about your youngest one falling out. That'd also be a good place for the dog to sleep, I think. If Absolutely. You got a dog. Those bottom two bunks also flip up and make a space for cargo. So if you've got, you want to put bikes there, you want to put uh, other camping gear there while you're traveling, you can do that. So like I said, this is a 26 foot trailer and it, it has is, a dinette too. It has a U-shaped dinette, uh, one which is One big really enough for, for all five people to sit at. And it's only 4,500 pounds dry. So any half ton pickup truck is going to be able to pull this thing. And uh, I, I just think it's a really excellent option for anybody, especially if you live in cold weather climates and you want to camp for seasons. This is going to be uh, an excellent thing for you. It's got one slide. The dinette itself is in the slide and that's it. It's got 45 gallon tanks that are insulated and heated dual pane windows. The roof is a single piece of PVC just a really quality four season camper. It's a little more on the expensive side because it is built very well. It's a $40,000 MSRP camper. So, you know, you can probably get it for around 30,000, 32 or whatever. I just think, and I'll say it again. I really, really do think that if you are a young family with little ones and you're looking to do weekend camping, this is a perfect trailer to look at. Also because it can be pulled with a half ton it makes it, I think, a little bit more accessible. And so I just, I, I really, really like this. And I really like Lance. So I would encourage anyone, you know, if you've got small ones and there's five of you, this is a really, really good trailer to look at. So that's our travel trailer suggestion. Let's move on to a Class C motorhome. Class C motorhomes are the, you know, the classic family motorhome. And usually that means an adult bedroom in the back and a, a bunk over the cab area that's usually about queen size for the kids and then maybe you're folding down a dinette well the thor four winds 31e class c motorhome it takes that sort of traditional class c layout and adds two bunks 
locked in a bunk hallway. And you may have seen bunk hallways in class A's before, and there are a few class uh, C's out there with them. Uh, but what's nice about this is that it's got the two bunks in the hallway, then it still has the queen bunk over the cab. So you've got three sleeping positions. And both of those bunks have a TV with a DVD player. And the bunk over the cab has the, the TV that's for the living room can actually swing into that bunk. So that person that's sleeping up there can use it as well. Don't and, tell our boys about <laughs> the TV in the bunk thing because that's just a constant conversation. And then there's a full queen bed in the adult bedroom. Now, RVs are all about trade-offs, right? So you're always going to lose something when you add something. So we're adding two bunks that are 27 by 72. And what you lose in this RV, I think, is um, a, a bit of kitchen space, really. A bit of kitchen space. And it's also not a U-shaped dinette. Right. So you're only going to be able to have four at the dinette, especially if it's for older children and the adults, might be a little uncomfortable. You know, if it's the kids and then the parents are over at the uh, jackknife sofa, that could probably be doable. But just know at least inside, you're not all going to be at the table together if you have more than four people. Yeah, it, it, the, but the table does have seat belts, which is nice. Uh, so you can really keep everybody safe and comfortable as well. It's also, you know, it's built on the, the Ford E-Series chassis. It's got the 6.8 V10 engine 420 foot pounds of torque but it comes with automatic leveling jack standard which is which is kind of rare for a class c to come with that standard it's got a 4000 watt owning generator in dash navigation a backup camera a slide topper awning standard ducted air conditioning and even whole coach water filtration built right in oh, wow. and the best part porcelain toilet Oh, now see. You got to love the porcelain toilet. You mean it's not going to be squeaky and yeah. everyone's going to know what your your business is? See, you sold. I'm done. Give me that porcelain there, now toilet. There, if there's one thing that I don't like about this Four Winds 31E is that it has only 28-gallon holding tanks. And mm. that's that's fairly small, you know. Um, but yeah, because we have... 40. Yeah, ours are ours are 40 on our trailer and that's And it's decent, but yeah. you know, for a family of 5, even when we're conserving, we don't last a long time with that. So it I would be boy, that'd be a lot to try and boondock yeah. or not have somewhere where we have hookup where we're trying to make 28 gallons last between five people. But those tanks are heated, which is good. That's um, very nice. The MSRP on this coach is $120,000. Um, you know, so it's probably actually going for closer to a hundred thousand dollars. So here's my question before we move on from this one. So I don't remember the length of a short queen. Is the queen bed? This is, it is a short queen. 60 by 75 inches is the short queen. 60 by 80 is the regular queen size bed. I'd almost say take away some of that dresser space (laughs) at the foot of the bed and give me a full. Give me a full queen. Yeah, give me a full queen. Yeah. All right. Moving right along. The Modvans CV1 Class B camper van. If you're looking for a Class B, I really thought this is an interesting option because this is this mod vans is a california company and what they do is they take vans and this is built on the ford transit chassis Uh, it's the low roof medium length ford transit chassis and what they do is they they outfit these vans for camping but all of the rv stuff is removable 
So you can actually use this as like your daily driver van. You know, you put your kids in the back seat and all that. You can use it as a work van to haul stuff around for work. And then when you're ready to go camping, you actually slide the kitchen unit in there. You slide the toilet in there and you slide the bedding stuff in there and, and you've got it all there, which I think is real handy for a lot of people because that, what that also does is that makes the price point $85,000, which is a heck of a lot cheaper than a lot of new class BRVs. But why this is a family choice is that this is a pop-up roof camper. So the, the whole roof section pops up to make a second floor bedroom. So you've got, you can actually have a, a, a queen bed on the first floor and you can have one on the second floor as well. So if you're a family that wants to do some real nimble camping, this might be a really good option for you. I got to give a hard pass on this one, Jason, because <laughs> they have you sleeping over the toilet. Well, and it, I got it. I got to give a hard pass. It's on a that. cartridge toilet. So I get. Yes, I can you know, see that. But it's also <laughs> it's also I, a class B, you know, I, and yes, it is. And you're right. This this would be like we're going on a trip. It, this is rugged camping. Yes, this, this is a step up from a tent. This is, you're absolutely right. Because one of the things about it too, and I was also thinking this is not really something I would want to use for cold weather camping. I think this is a super cool design and I would highly encourage anyone who really wants to be able to go really off grid and really rugged and get into these tiny little places. And you've got, you know, several of you, this could be a super awesome option because that roof is raised to make that sleeping level it's canvas yeah. so there's no heat right. so you know really it's not you're you're gonna be limited if you don't have the necessary gear yeah. to keep yourself warm when you're up on that second level you're gonna be absolutely miserable yeah it's a three season camper and it does have a good air conditioning unit so you've got that going for you right but, uh this is definitely something that is built in California for Californians. Yes, it is. This That's a very good point. They are definitely building for those who live in the West. Now, the kitchen is a really decent setup. It's a two-burner stove, which is pretty cool. It's got a pretty nice, decent sink there. I'm not, I'm really trying to figure out, and I see that they've got a little curtain there that you can kind of, I guess, wrap around yourself if you need to use the bathroom. But I'm, you know, I'm being real honest here, like family of four, family of five, I mean, that's just a whole lot of knowing what everybody's, you know, yeah. you're just a part of that process with them yeah. when they're in there. And I, you know, I don't necessarily know that I always want to be a part of your process. Yeah. Part of what's cool about these two is that they are modular. You can move stuff around and you can lay it out in your own configuration as yes. well. <laughs> I probably but, have to move the toilet outside. <laughs> you, you can just set the toilet out on the ground if you would like to. You get one of those little, they have those privacy tents that yes. you can put the toilet in that looks, it's like a, it's like the modern day version of an outhouse. That's right. I'm let's going to Cabela's. I'm going to get one of those and then I'm going to put it outside. All right. Let's move on to one that I think you're going to like a little bit better. So a lot of people, when they're looking for sort of an entry-level camper, they're usually either looking for a pop-up or what's called a hybrid. And a hybrid is a kind of a combination between a hard-sided trailer and a pop-up. So it's got the features of a hard-sided trailer, but then it has sort of beds that pop up that are canvas. The big benefit of trailers like this is that you can often pull them with a large SUV. You can often pull them with a, a small pickup truck and 
people don't have to, you know, put that investment into getting a bigger truck to go camping for the first time. So hybrid trailers are really a great option for people who are, are really starting to get into our RVs. And the Kodiak Cub from Dutchman, the Kodiak Cub 179E is a great hybrid travel trailer that I think you ought to check out. It's only 21 feet, eight long, 21 feet, eight long, and it weighs 3,774 pounds. So definitely, you know, some of your larger SUVs are going to be able to pull that. No problem. What makes this different than others? Most hybrid trailers are going to have two sort of queen size beds that fold out of them. What makes this different than others is the Kodiak Cub 179E has three queen size beds that I fold out of it. Just looking at that, it, sixty by eighty for each. They one of are those beds. all full queen size beds. Ones in the front, ones in the back, and ones on the driver's side where you know you might have a slide out. Normally, it is a it's a flip out canvas bed. Pop ups really just remind me a lot of my camping days when we used to go to the Buffalo River when I was a kid. And there's something for me about walking into one that I just feel like says camping to me. It really does. It just has that environment about it. And I really do like the way that this one is laid out. Now it is a four person dinette, but the kitchen actually is quite a decent sized kitchen layout. And I recognize a little bit of some of the things in these kitchens. It <laughs> yeah. looks like maybe they have <laughs> pretty common. Yeah. It's a yes. common looking hood there and a microwave and boy, those drawers look really familiar. And so I, I see this being very, very realistic and usable for a family. What I think is pretty special about this one too is that for a hybrid trailer, it is framed in aluminum instead of wood. The underbelly is fully enclosed and heated, which is also very rare mm-hmm. for a trailer in this category. And one big hidden surprise is that the gray water tank is 78 gallons. Wow. Now the freshwater tank is about 40 i think and the black water tank is only 28 or so Uh, so you don't got a whole lot of room on the black (laughs) tank but the black tank doesn't fill as fast as the gray water especially if you're if you're needing to take showers yeah 78 gallons is going to let you go for a decent amount of time that's really big i have to say that i would love to take our family camping in this yeah i love the the thing to do this i love the most about those canvas pop-up beds is that you know you unzip that big plastic window and then you're sleeping with screen air coming at you and especially in the summer that's really nice oh i just want so badly to get this little kodiak cub hook it up to the truck for a summer and just do a big like national park push when we used to sleep in the pop-ups we used to do exactly what you just talked about we would just unzip that big window. And then, you know, us little ones, we would just peek up and look out up at the sky, you know? And for me, because I fully admit, and I've admitted this before on the podcast, tent camping isn't really quite my bag anymore. Okay. (laughs) But I feel like that this is, gets me those things that I miss about tent camping, which is unzipping the big windows and feeling like the outside is a little bit more inside. Mm -hmm. But I do like having a more 
stronger structure around me. <laughs> All right, let's go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum yes. for our final unit. You know, I think a lot of families, when they're new to RVing, they go to RV shows, they want to shop around. They sort of have an idea that they want to get a big class A motor home. Mm-hmm. And then they go look at them. And then they realize that none of them are built for families. No, they're like, yep, no, not happening. <laughs> now, we've seen a few now and then that have... Uh, a couple bunks in the hallway, usually with curtains to close them off. So not a whole lot of privacy and you sort of lose some storage with that. We have found a new RV that uh, this is a 2020 um, that this is the first time this layout has been available through this company, Fleetwood, uh, which is a division of REV group, Rev Group. The Pace Aero 35 RB Class A motor coach. This is a class A that, and the RB stands for rear bunk. This is a class A that actually has a bunk room. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I have never seen that in any class A RV ever. So you know how some class A's have two bathrooms, sort of have the, the midship bathroom and then one all the way in the back. What this does is in that space where a back bathroom might be, that is a two bunk bunk room. So you've got two bunks back there and it's not a huge bunk room, but it's big enough for two people to sleep and for them to have their clothes and everything. And then it's still got in the front, it's got one of those beds that lower down. You press a button and it yes. comes down. It's a full queen size bunk all the way in the front. So you've got a queen size bunk. You've got two uh, regular thin bunks. And then you've got the adult bedroom. The adult bedroom has a full-size king bed. Yes, it does. I'm I'm taking the 3D tour right now. <laughs> and so one of the things I really like about this is that it does have, like you were just talking about, it does have designated, like, independent sleeping space and rooms. Like, just yeah. spaces you can go that are your own. Now, I will say for the person that has to sleep above the driver's seat and the passenger seat, maybe it doesn't feel as much of their own room as the rest of the right. bedrooms do, but still just to have that as a sleeping option, you know, especially if you have an older kid and they need a little yeah. bit more space, you can give them all of that there. And then you've got your younger, your younger ones in the back, especially if you have littler ones, you want to keep closer to you. Cause the master bedroom is kind of butted up right against that bunk room, which I'm back and forth on. I mean, I really like the fact there, that we're on one end right. and the kids are on the other. I, you know, there I, are good things and bad things about that. Yes, what, what? we've done them both. We've been right up against the kids and now we've got some space. We've done it. You know, you can make it work. Well, what I but, think is kind of cool, though, is so you've got the you've got the master bedroom with your king bed and then you've got the bunk room behind it. And then the the bathroom is sort of like a hall bathroom uh, that is across from the master bedroom and all the doors between the bathroom, the bunk room, and the master bedroom are sliding doors. So you can actually slide them all open and open up all that space in the back if you want to. So say you're you're a couple of grandparents that like to bring your grandkids along with you now and then, you can actually just open that space up when you don't have the grandkids and you can you know use that bunk area storage. And then the bathroom actually divides in half. So you've got your, your toilet, your shower, your sink in one half, and then there's a door and the other half is sort of a... Um, uh, like a dresser type area dressing room and it has standard a washer and dryer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, this this is a diesel pusher, big, classy, class A with the tile floors, uh, with with everything. I mean, and it's a it's an all electric coach, so it comes with a uh, it comes with solar panels, a beefed up battery bank, a six k diesel generator. 2000 watt inverter, induction cooktop, a massive residential fridge. It's got a central vacuum system, heated tanks that are massive, tankless water heater for long showers, dual pane windows. There's even a tether for a child safety seat. So you can actually put a car seat in it using the latch system. It's all around a, a real quality diesel pusher that is built for families, which is so rare to find. It's, Maybe this is something we revisit yeah. in a few years. When we have $275,000 to spend. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, so maybe yeah. not in a few years. <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the things I look at this and it is, it's ticking off a lot of like my wish list. Yeah. But it feels really, really big. Yeah. And that was one of the things I, when we transitioned out of Wanderbus and we moved into this trailer, I, now, yes, I know we didn't exactly yeah. go, you know, 26 like the Lance, but. Yeah we have lost a little bit of space and I, there's just something about for me, there's just something about when I travel. I don't know. I just, I don't want to feel like a beast on the road. Uh, th that's very true. Now I will say this is shorter than the bus was by two feet. Well, and which um, is what the trailer is. And what's too. cool about this too, is that it has a heck of a lot of awning space. They say that 85% of the outside of the RV is protected from the sun by well, awning. Hey now. You know, that's that's pretty awesome. Jason, they made that for you because yeah. they know how much you love awning. I also like the midship <laughs> door. There's it's nice to cool to have sort of the bus front door and be able to get out that, but really the midship door allows you to have more space and go either direction inside and out when you come out the door. It, it just makes a little bit more sense, I think. See, I'm the complete opposite. I want you to come in up yeah, front because I, I want that to be like the yeah, mudroom. Yeah. You know, I want you to get all your, like, I get, it. I get, get it. all your dirt and everything off before you actually come into yeah. the living space. I get it. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So those are our picks for, for the top five family RVs that are sort of unique, different classes. If you want to check them out and see photos and get links to them and all that sort of stuff, we've got that all put together in an article on the website at rvmiles.com. You can just go to the homepage, you find it there, or you can go to the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 112, and you can find the link to it there. Miles is brought to you by Wholesale Warranties. RVs break down, trust us on this one. And with repair costs averaging $300 an hour between parts and labor, there's no time like the present to protect your life on the road with Wholesale Warranties. Wholesale Warranties is the leading provider of warranty protection in the RV community. With a focus on reliable coverage and customer service, Wholesale Warranties keeps you on the road where you belong. Don't let repair bills sideline your RV trip your RV will break, but with wholesale warranties, your budget doesn't have to. Get a free quote today so you can travel with peace of mind tomorrow. Visit wholesalewarranties.com or call 800-939-2806 for your free quote. The show is also brought to you by our friends at RV Repair Club. Whether you're already on the road, planning your next trip, or thinking about installing a few upgrades, 
RV Repair Club has you covered with step-by-step -step videos designed to make navigating the RV lifestyle a breeze. Have a question about the health of your fresh tank and who doesn't want to keep their fresh tank fresh? There's a video for that. Or maybe you have a question about your electrical. There's a video for that too. RV Repair Club's premium membership features thousands of professional how-to videos that will keep you informed and on the road. Unlock your premium membership today and head over to rvrepairclub.com and use code RVMILES at checkout to save 90% off your first year. A full year of premium membership is only $5 for RV Miles listeners. Visit rvrepairclub.com and enter coupon code RVMILES, all one word, to save 90% off your premium membership with RV Repair Club. All right, so there was a great conversation that happened recently over in the RV Miles Facebook group. Uh, Sarah posted, for those with fifth wheels or larger rigs, what would be your top tips to a newbie while driving, maneuvering, backing up, et cetera? Her hubby needs all the info before they set out <laughs> next week. Does her hubby or does Sarah? <laughs> I feel like that's one of those where. I think my, Sarah needs to know so she can yes, tell hubby. I think that's right. I think Sarah needs to feel real. And I can sympathize with this. She just really needs to know all the info. So when hubby says, I got it. Sarah can be like, well, I got it too. <laughs> so I love everyone who chimed in here. So supportive, so great. Lots of super cool information. And we just thought it'd be really great to bring that here to the podcast yeah, as well. We want to highlight some of, the, some of the interesting advice that people gave. But first, I want to say, do you know where the most common place that RVs get damaged is? The rear, when you're backing up. No, it is the right front up high. Right. So and this is this is larger trailers and and motor homes. So when you're taking that right, when you're taking that turn. Well, what no, what happens is, you know, roads are mostly scalloped, especially smaller country roads where they they're arched in the middle. They're up high in the middle. No, Jason, I don't know this. Yeah, they they're <laughs> you know, there's they're scalloped. Why? They're, there's a curb. So the water runs off towards the sides. It's like towards an irrigation the curb. thing. Yeah, the water runs off towards the curb and then it rolls along the curb into into drainage. Okay, I know. You've never noticed that roads aren't perfectly flat? No, they look perfectly flat to me when I'm staring down the road that seems to go on forever <laughs> and ever. I don't see a nice little arch or scallop. No, I'm sorry, scallop. <laughs> a lot of roads are scalloped and, and a lot of them more than others, especially smaller country roads. I had no idea. And, and what happens is signage and light poles and trees get placed too close to the edge of that road. So say there's a, a street sign that, you know, that's telling you the next street's name, right? right? In, the, in the ground next to the curb. Well, what happens when you're in a tall vehicle, the closer you are to the curb and, and that with that scalloped road, you're now leaning towards the right, right? So you're the, the top right front of your RV might actually be over the curb a little bit. So often there's a piece of signage there. There's a tree there that didn't get cut off. All kinds of stuff that can cause you to get damaged at that, that one location. RV dealerships say that's the, that's the spot that they find most damage on RVs. I am, I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> the second most common spot is towards the rear on the sides down low. Because what often happens there 
is people hit low posts in the ground, especially oh, at campgrounds. We know. Where there's like a post, you know, that, that's got <laughs> yes. the site number on it. Yes, we've we've encountered a few of those we, in our <laughs> In our bus lifetime, Bussie has left her mark on a few of those mm-hmm. posts across the country. Yes. Yeah. Well, remember when that that fifth wheel got hung up on a sign coming out of a campground oh, right in yes. front of us? At, oh, that's always so sad to oh, see when somebody somebody does that, and it that was tears painful. Tens of thousand dollars worth of damage into the RV. So those yep. are the places you want to watch out for. You want to watch your the top of your roof and the and the and the sides, especially especially that right side. On the scalloped roads. And you want to watch your tail swing. So always be looking in the mirrors at the tail swing to anytime you turn a corner to make sure that you're not hitting something with the rear of your RV. This is why more campgrounds need pull-throughs. They do. <laughs> just, just to eliminate that one little, because I'm, I'm sure they spend a lot of time in their campgrounds repairing those posts. I do, I'm sure I they do. I think yeah. a lot of time yeah. is spent repairing Yeah, posts. but they, you know, it costs them, you know, 25 bucks to repair a post when it costs thousands to repair the RV that hit it. Yes, exactly. Or in our case, we just say, sorry, Bussy. <laughs> so that was my piece of advice for, for Sarah. And I also said, don't ever feel like you're going too slow for other people. I don't care if the speed limit's 80. You're allowed to go 55 in the right lane if you need to. If you're going to miss an exit, turn around to the next one. Don't try to zip over to the side of the road. And, and if you're in a diesel, Use those trunk truck pumps in the back of a, a truck stop as much as you possibly can because that that is that is the key. Unfortunately, we don't have a diesel oh, anymore. Oh man, that's the uh, one thing. And that... for us, <laughs> not having a diesel, I think the best thing to do is make sure you fill fill up your truck if you're towing a trailer before you hook up and leave the campground. Yeah, we often try to do the night before. Yeah, and I find that traveling now not having the diesel it it can be really difficult to get into some of these gas stations so always too if you don't have diesel it's just kind of really great now we've started kind of mapping out we know we can go x amount of miles and this is going to be the gas station we want even if we haven't even if we're still at half tank quarter tank let's just stop and do it it's easier yeah than the stress of trying to get into a tiny little shell later on our good friend Sean Martinez, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, says to learn to back up using your mirrors and prevent backing accidents by getting out and looking. You goal. post a little photo that says goal. I Get love it. out and look. I love it. And I mean, anytime you're going to go into a site, you know, don't just have your co-pilot back you into the site. Everybody get out, go look at the site, make sure you can visualize what it looks like and always use those mirrors. Learn to back up using them, and and you'll you'll be well on your way to backing up well. I love that someone suggested to getting a backup camera. Yeah, and I think that that is just essential. And don't skimp on it. Yeah, don't get the the wireless ones if you've got a big rig, because they that's just too long of a distance. Go for the wired one; they work so much better. Yeah. And if you think you don't need one. Just wait until you're in a situation where you really do need one, and then you're going to run out the next day, and you're going to buy that backup camera. John says, keep plenty of stopping distance while driving and watch for height clearances and branches off the highways. You never know when your GPS is going to send you down a road with low clearance or under a bridge. And I like, too, that he said, just take your time. Yeah. You know, and that's something you've already said, too, in regards to speed. 
don't feel pressure. Go at a safe speed. You don't, you know, don't be driving 35, 40 miles on the highway. Go at a safe speed, but go at a speed that is safe for you. Do not be pressured by people behind you to go faster than you are comfortable with. Ken and Cindy took lessons from a professional and they said his biggest advice was no arguing. (laughs) Listen to the person outside the rig giving the driver instructions on how to back up. Works like a charm every single time. Where is this human being? Because I want to go shake (laughs) his hand because what he's saying, because I think, and I, I don't like to make these generalizations, but in our case, most of the time it's you driving me out there trying to get you in and we had a real good thing going with bussy and we don't have such a good thing going on right now or prior to no cardia with the truck i'm i'm look i'm not trying to throw shade at you right now because i know you're recovering from brain surgery but listen you're like real tough (laughs) okay (laughs) i think it's important though for for both people if you're a couple i think it's important for both people to to switch off doing those jobs Mm -hmm. i think we need to have you starting to back up the truck back up the trailer into a site because the problem is if you've got if you're the person in the back telling somebody where to go it's very difficult to tell them what to do with the wheel because you don't know what they need to do to make the trailer turn how you want it to turn absolutely my counter to that that wonderful suggestion is that when the person in the back says stop. Well, always stop. I mean, that is the number one thing. That's stop. A, that's why they're back there, right? Okay. Because it could be, even though you think, and I, I'm giving some side eye, but even if you think all is well and good, that person back there is asking you to stop for a particular reason. And sometimes it's just so that they can make themselves more aware of the space and become more comfortable with how the trailer or the RV is pulling into that space. And they want to do a little assessment for themselves before they continue to have you go back there. So when they say stop or they give that signal, they close that fist up, you stop. Whatever you're doing, just stop. And then when they tell you to continue, continue on. Tony recommends that you don't drive in the rain. You keep your drive short, around four hours, and don't drive at night. Also, That's hard. I mean, those are great suggestions, but I will be, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes you, you well, you can't control the weather. Yeah. So on, when you, on the day you have to go, you got to go. Yeah, and driving driving four hours at a time, you know, that that sounds like it's it's not very much, but, you know, that's, that's a good drive. It's but also drive. you can... Drive four hours, take a decent long break, and then drive some more if you need to. Yeah, especially if you can utilize rest areas. There's nothing better than, you know, on a long drive day, if you can, to time your stop at a rest area around lunch and do your whole lunch there at the rest area. And then it just gives you this, it breaks up this time for you. You can get out. You can even take a walk. A lot of times there's a lot of grounds that can be covered there at the rest area so you can get out, stretch your legs and the kids can get out. They can run around and bless the rest area that ends up having a playground. Boy, those are just like gold. And so I think if you can, it is really nice if you do have to do a long drive because sometimes it just happens. Try to break it up to where you're stopping for a long period for lunch and you're accomplishing a few things during that stop. And Peggy recommends something similar to that. She's saying add an hour or two for stops along along the way no matter how close your destination is yeah what do we usually do like if if the gps tells us if it if it we add we add 15 minutes for every hour 
Yeah. And we have found that sometimes it's more closer to 20. Yeah. 25, especially now that in the truck, we have to stop for the bathroom. So now it's the potential of five people yeah. needing to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it, Stopping every two hours is, is pretty much what we do. Yeah. So for us, you know, we don't tend to cover as much distance. We've never covered a whole lot of distance. That's not really been the way we travel to begin with, but we do know that the GPS might say it's going to take three hours. We know it's probably going to be closer to four, maybe yeah. even four and a half. Yeah. We, us. yeah, we, we might do, we leave at 10 AM at noon. We're stopping for lunch. And then by two o'clock we're stopping for fuel. Yeah. Pretty much how it ends up working out. If we actually leave when we say <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Peggy also said that the driver and partner should separately do a walk around before leaving the site. I can't tell you how many times that second person doing a walk around has saved us from leaving something, mm -hmm. from leaving something unlatched on the outside of the RV. It's really important. It's really useful to do. Well, for us, because again, you're usually the primary driver. So as you pull out of the campsite, I'm always the last one in. So a lot of times what I do is you will pull out of the campsite. You're waiting for me to get in. Not only will I then walk the campsite itself because now the RV has been moved. I can, I got a full view, but then while we're at the dump station, if that's, you know, what we need to do, or if we're not going to a dump station, I do a walk of the rig. So, and that's just pushing on all the doors and that's as much for my own peace of mind as it is for yours yeah. and for the safety of our travels. But I think it just helps when two people can say, did we lock the door? Yes, we locked the door. So we have all kinds of fun like this over in the RV Miles Facebook so group. Fun. We hope you'll come join us over there and continue the conversation after the show. It's called RV Miles, the RV Travel Forum. We might be changing that name soon. I don't know. That's a really long-winded <laughs> name. Like, that's just, a, it's, and it's also very detailed. Uh, but we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. Okay, it's time for my favorite part of the show, the fresh tank, black tank section, where we talk about the things that we love and the things that we don't happening in the world right now. Abby, kick us off. What is your black tank? Well, it seems tis the season, and this is not the first time we have talked about this. It will not be the last time, I'm sure. And it just makes me sad, angry. All I just run a gamut of emotions. There's another story out there about another Boy Scout troop whose trailer, large trailer full of camping gear, was stolen in Oregon. This happens so often. I wrote an article about this last year because it had happened at like nine times during the course of a few months. And I actually uh, was in contact with Boy Scouts. They were trying to dig up some numbers on how often it happens uh, because they know it's a rash as well. They weren't able to get anything concrete down for me, but it's a big problem that it's unbelievable how often people are stealing camping gear from kids. Well, and this is twofold with this one too. And this is actually a common theme with a lot of the other ones that were stolen last year. It's a Boy Scout. It's a Boy Scout camping trailer being stolen from a church parking lot. Mm -hmm. There, I mean, you got to, there's so many levels there mm -hmm. to like pull into a church parking lot with a Boy Scout emblem on the side of the trailer and be like, well, let me just hook this up and drive right on off. You know, I, I think maybe 
one thing that would, I don't know. Like, I know you can buy those locks that you put yeah. on the front of your trailer. They're really I don't easy know. to, okay, to that's, break into. That was my next yeah. question. How easy is it? What can be done? What, even with trailer companies that are selling these, like what can yeah. be done to help prevent this from happening? The and, best thing you can do for, and for this goes for RVs as well. The best thing you can do is put a, 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 a boot or a clamp something on the tire on the wheel itself yeah yeah and you would think you would think that the last thing that would be stolen would be a gear of camping stuff from kids you know and this particular one here had like enough cooking equipment for 35 people yeah so that is that's a lot of money to recoup and usually what happens is they end up throwing all the camping gear yeah. in the trash and they, they uh, are trying to hawk the trailer and get a quick, you know, a couple thousand bucks. I'm just really trailer. disappointed to see this story. Yeah. Really disappointed. Again, what's your fresh tank this week? So my fresh tank is a story that was a part of America's national parks podcast this week, but I love it so much that it has to be my fresh tank for this week. And that is that Yellowstone national park a park that has been around for 147 years, just hired its first female chief ranger. Her name is Sarah Davis. And I just think that this is awesome. I, I love everything about this. And I think that her stepping into this role is really, really, really important because Yellowstone is a really hard park to break into yeah and she's not the park superintendent no I'll make that clear that, that that's that's still always been a man uh, but <laughs> she's the uh the, the chief ranger is one of uh, i think a couple chief rangers at a park the size of yellowstone and she's in charge with pretty much everything public facing so she's in charge of the uh law, law enforcement. enforcement fire rescue safety um fee collection uh uh, trail permits, all that sort of stuff is all under her purview. But even to put this into even to put this into even more perspective, 147 years, Yellowstone National Park. She is only the 18th chief ranger. Yeah, that's that's a wild number, too. That's yeah. pretty wild as well. And I also want to say I'm going to piggyback off of this, too. And on top of this, we did have a superintendent named this week. And I don't know her name because I didn't pull the article up, but Petrified National Park, Petrified Forest National Park just got a female superintendent this week. And I, I don't know if you remember, because this is sort of before we got into traveling to national parks, but the Park Service a few years ago had a serious sexism problem that was going around all the newspapers about you know women not getting positions that they should be getting uh, with the same resume as men and, and, uh, and, and a lot of worse stuff than that as well. I mean, I am here for true equal opportunity for all. Like everyone should, their resume should just be their resume, lay it out on the table and the best person for the job gets the job. Yeah. Like I'm here for that all day long. And so I'm really glad to see some of these resumes and some of these individuals who maybe a decade two or three decades ago might have been unfortunately overlooked being looked at and legitimately looked at and being respected and being written about, you know, this I'm pulling this article to all across the web, but I'm looking at the CNN one right now. 
she's getting written about in these major publications and light is being brought to this and celebrated. And I think that's super cool. So, you know, in our little corner of the world, I'm glad that I get to talk about this. Absolutely. All right, Jay, what is your black tank this week? Uh, this week has got to be for me, the weather. Hey, don't hate on the weather. Oh my goodness. First of all, <laughs> it can't it's, help itself. <laughs> so we're here in Minot, North Dakota. It has been in the forties the last couple of days and continues to be in the 40s. In southern Indiana, they're having a heat wave that is that is record highs for this time of year. In Montana, they're having a record snowstorm. Didn't they say it was going to be 50 the, inches or they were predicting? Up, up to up to 50 inches of snow was that, was the prediction. I just want and to remind everybody that it is uh, the end of September. For people who, there were a lot of people that were planning on Yellowstone trips and glacier trips and all that sort of stuff. That, Not today. That, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fall sort of skipped that part of the country and we yeah. went right to winter. And there's, <laughs> there's no leaf peeping no. going on in that part of the country right now. No. And what's crazy here, we're in Minot, North Dakota, where it's pretty much right in the middle of the state. In South Dakota, Southern South Dakota right now, it's 80 degrees today. I'm so annoyed. I was talking to my best friend back in Kansas City this morning and she's like, oh, it's 75. We're getting ready to go to the Royals game this afternoon. It's going to be like 84. And I was just like, ugh. We could literally <laughs> drive about five hours from the 40s we're dealing with now to 80 degrees. I don't know why we're doing this podcast right now. <laughs> why are we not in the truck? <laughs> because we'd have to drive back. That's the, this that's is true. the issue. I just need a little bit of, I needed a transition. This is, you know, this is so classic Chicago weather too, where we go from one extreme season, like it was very warm here in North Dakota, and then we go to another extreme season. And it has been raining all day, slightly turning to ice. It's cold there's no sunshine where was that middle where's that gray tank area uh somebody in in the facebook group posted about illinois weather she's annoyed that it was hot saying that that she really wants to go camping but it's too hot to camp i loved it i was like i was just like bless her heart like i i will send you what i we will trade places you can have what i've got and i will take what you've got but, you know, the, that snow, uh, it has messed with a lot of people's vacations. A lot of RVers have had to change plans. Oh, over That's in the... It's been a big um, deal. And it's not just Montana. It's it's, it's the whole Wyoming upper, and... Yeah. Yeah. I've felt for a lot of people over in the America's National Parks group because there's been a lot of discussion yeah. about, do I go? Do I not go? What, you know, you expect snow in that area. We all yeah. know snow is coming. It's not unusual. But for it to be what it is this weekend for them, I, I look, I call unusual on that fresh tank. What do you got? Uh, so my fresh tank this week, this, uh, this comes from an article from RVbusiness.com. Uh, uh, this is another about another piece of, of legislation that's been passed. The National Park Service, along with the National Association of State Park Directors uh, at a conference earlier this month, announced that more than $170 million in grants from the Land and Water Conservation Fund is going to be awarded to all 50 states for state-identified outdoor recreation and conservation projects. States haven't seen this level of funding from the federal government for this stuff in 35 years. And what they're saying 
that a lot of this money is going to go to is is going to be upgrading campgrounds in state parks. Oh, I like to hear that. I just hope they don't upgrade their fees. Right. Exactly. Now, I, you know, a lot the RV industry, uh, again, was very involved with with this as well. And the RV industry association has really been pushing state and federal officials to look at public campgrounds and upgrading them to where they can, you know, meet the needs of big, large 50 amp motor coaches where they can have full hookups and all that sort of stuff. Now for us, we don't care so much about that. We're fine. If it's 30 amp, we're fine. If there's no sewer, we want, them to remain affordable. I want them to remain affordable and I want them to feel like I'm in nature. Exactly. There's a big difference between being in a private campground and being in a state or federal campground because of what surrounds you. Now, that being said, there are a heck of a lot of state campgrounds out there that are in severe disrepair. Oh, yeah. And they need new bathhouses. They need new fee stations. They need new pavement all that sort of stuff, I'm there for it. I mean, I'm thinking about that, the one by Starved Rock. I, I always I think every come back single to that. Illinois state park. Uh-huh. That's not, you know, I should just never bring Illinois up because it's, it's our home state, so we can trash it a little can, bit. We can. But Illinois it's state parks little, are great because the, the camping is only $25 a night, but very affordable. they're always cinder block bathhouses with those brain nozzles in the shower that that uh that spray like the finest mist on earth i mean i'm not even talking about the bathhouse it's just the disrepair of the campground itself the fact that the playground looks like it's you know come out a scene out of it like it's just (laughs) it's just time for a little tlc you know so this will be great and you know the the states that have excellent campgrounds they'll be able to use this money for other things at state parks that they urgently need so it's fantastic custer state park should be the model by which state parks or almost every new mexico state park yeah some people would argue iowa iowa has fantastic state parks missouri has fantastic state parks indiana does um but indiana's expensive and i don't like that has great state parks louisiana cheap and great state parks yes i there's so many and i shouldn't have just thrown out custer and i'm so glad you jumped in there there are so many states and state parks that are doing it well that i think a lot of other states would do wise to take a a page out of and, and states are realizing that RVers are big business. And if they can make these campgrounds nice enough that people want to come stay there and visit for a that's couple right. of weeks, we it's good it for their rain. economy. We can make yeah. it rain for them. You know what I'm saying? All right. So that's my fresh tank. And that does it for our fresh tank, black tank segment. It's time for the new brain teaser. You ready? Uh, yes. Because the Bears game's getting ready to come on here, Jason. So, you know, just <laughs> Let's saying. do it. Let's do it. What is green as grass, but grass it's not? Then white as snow, but snow it's not. Then red as blood, but blood it's not. Finally, it's black as coal, but coal it's not. This is one thing. Wow. What is the answer? I, I, mm, mm-mm. Got nothing. All right. We'll have the answer to that on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. If you think you know the answer, go over to the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 112 and you can answer them there or you can answer them on a form 
at rvmiles.com slash brain teaser. That's it for the show this week, folks. That is it for the show. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. If you are enjoying the RV Miles podcast, we have a huge favor to ask of you. Would you please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review? Even if you don't listen to us on yeah, Apple hey, Podcasts, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. Look, even if you're listening to us over at Stitcher, go over to Apple Podcasts anyway. It's just, it helps get us in front of more people, and we could use and appreciate all that help. You don't have to leave a comment. You can literally just hit five stars and run off with your day. It takes five seconds, but it means so much to Jason and I. So if you have a little bit of time, we would appreciate that. We will actually drop a link to the RV Miles podcast on Apple in the show notes. That was a pretty desperate call out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you have not joined us across social media, we would love to invite you to do that as well. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for RV Miles. Jason and I are over at OurWanderingFamily.com, but Our Wandering Family is also across social media. I forgot to mention RV Miles is also on YouTube now. Next week, we are going to go back to filming the podcast. We had gotten into that. Then somebody decided he wanted to have brain surgery. So we got out of that. <laughs> and now we think we're going to get back into it. So if you are not subscribed to RV Miles on YouTube, we hope you'll join us over there. You have questions or suggestions about the show. We welcome them. RV Miles is a community and we want to know what you want to talk about. Editor at RVMiles.com. Let us know. Otherwise, we will see you next week. And we hope whatever the weather is for you right now that you keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.